Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This is The Vault by Access Hollywood. We're taking you on an epic journey into the heart of Hollywood with iconic interviews and fascinating conversations from the biggest stars in the business. The Vault opens now. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. This is The Vault by Access Hollywood, and we're going to press play on some throwback clips right now. I'm Scott Evans. And I'm Zuri Hall. Sounding all velvety and smooth. Mm -hmm. Today, though, I mean, we're going to keep it smooth with one of Mm -hmm. the smoothest brothers out there. I'm pretty excited because not only is this individual a titan in the entertainment industry, he's also uh, a legendary director, a producer, Mm -hmm. writer, actor, uh, incredible entrepreneur, and even philanthropist. Uh, literally, the list could continue to go on. I'm just going to say, we're talking about Tyler Perry. Dun, 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 dun. Tyler. The one and only. Hey! <laughs> Man, I just, he, I was really excited about this episode in particular because I feel like never, we haven't seen too many of these stories of a person working from literally sleeping in their car to billionaire status. Right, right. And so, and and, and especially not a black man. Mm -hmm. We just don't see that too Mm -hmm. much. You don't see that too much. And so it's, 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 it's a really, his story is so inspiring. Yeah. And what's really cool about a person like Tyler Perry is sometimes you reach a, 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 a moment where you, I feel like we've seen those individuals who hoard not only their resources, but also the knowledge, right? Like how mm-hmm. they got there. Like they're very protective of, mm-hmm. like there's, they feel like it's I'm IP. the one that got in, ain't space for nobody else. Yeah. And I can't pay it forward because you might come for that spot. And it's just, yeah. That yeah. thing, right? Yeah. He yep. is so generous with the keys. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, this is how I did it. And if mm-hmm. I can do it, you can do it. There is nothing separating you from it, but the work. You know what right. I mean? Uh, his book, Hire is Waiting, is full of lessons and tips and tools on how anyone with enough gumption, I guess, right? Yeah. Desire yeah. can get out here and get after it. Because if like, if he can Make do it, it you can do it. And, and he's also such a great storyteller. He's got this... Yeah. Uh, any, I mean, I'm fascinated by any story of Prince, but he's got mm-hmm. this story of being on stage in full Medea situation, mm-hmm. spotting a person in the crowd, handing them the mic. That person, Prince Nelson. Prince. Really? Yeah. Did, and did he realize you said handing a person as if- Handing a person a mic. I think he just one. thought maybe, you know, maybe he'll say hello to the people. Maybe oh, he'll just be okay. like, you know, yeah. hey y'all. You know. And instead- And instead- <laughs> He stole the show. Listen to this. Okay, so we have to talk about uh, 
uh, this story that you posted about Prince. Yeah. I have to, I, yeah. I was reading it and I was like, this is unreal. Yeah. First, Prince was gonna sue you. He was joking. He was completely joking. Like, I thought, I thought he again. was. I'm I, thought, I thought he was. Yeah. He, he sing it. Sing my sing Purple Rain again, and I'm gonna sue you. And I'll be at the show. I need ten tickets. I was like, uh. And when he shows up, and he comes there, and he's he. He sits there, man. He's watching the show, and he's laughing all through the show. And then I send the mic out there to him, and they start playing Purple Rain. This is at the Kodak Theater. Place went crazy. You just took the mic to him? Yeah, I had, yeah, I had someone. I was on stage in Medea doing the show, <laughs> and I had somebody bring the mic out there to him, and he said, worst mistake I ever made in my life, man. Really? Never, ever give your microphone to a superstar at your show. No. It, the show was it, over. Because it's no longer your show. The show was over, yeah. You, I can't imagine you as Medea just looking Staring, waiting. Yeah, you, are y'all at done? Him. Look, yeah, yeah. It was just like, yeah, I need y'all to calm the hell down. Now, yeah, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty, it was pretty great. It was pretty great. That was a, that was a great moment. He's he was a, he was a part of uh, some of the most life changing moments for me. So it's pretty sad that he's gone. Tell me when you say life changing moments. Well, just just him. There's there are moments where he, you know he, Whitney, and myself were in his basement hanging out and just him singing for hours and and. Uh, and you know, I wouldn't have my son because the woman that we, you know, we met there at his concert with three hundred people. It's just we all became cool. It's just it was it was interesting. It's just yeah. just really interesting. Can't give a superstar the microphone. It won't be your show. <laughs> it won't be your show. But he has that energy every time you encounter him. I think that's one of the reasons mm-hmm. why he's successful is because mm-hmm. he's constantly getting after it. He's constantly, yeah. and he's when he as he's absorbing, right? He's also mm-hmm. gifting. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's awesome. It is awesome. Yeah. No, he he's so amazing. I, I was telling you earlier about you know kind of watching that trajectory from playwright in Atlanta mm-hmm. to th- this sort of global entertainment icon that we know now. Um, some people don't realize that, but Tyler Perry did get a start as a playwright in Atlanta. Obviously, he's mega successful as a, a television and film producer at this point. But um, his first love was actually theater, which I personally love as a theater <laughs> geek. I just get so excited. So I think about my musicals my little shops of whores and in cinderellas and all the what come on you you were in little shop of whores i was in little shop of whores i was chiffon the lead singer i would like to say the beyonce of the trio i was the um i was gina uh come on (laughs) campbell (laughs) remember did you ever see the movie version the film version yes i was i was in the little duo group but I just love theater. I love theater and musicals, which is why I appreciated um, Tyler, even in those early years when, when he first came on the scene and, and people were starting to talk about his art. Uh, so I want to talk a little bit about Tyler's journey to Hollywood mm-hmm. because it's so inspirational. He moved to Atlanta back in 1990. So we're talking 30 years ago now. Um, and his very first play was back in 1992. It was called I Know I've Been Changed. And it was a community theater release, which just to say out loud now, just to say that out loud, 92, he had his community theater debut. Mm -hmm. Wow. And it didn't get the greatest reviews, which I almost makes me love the story. Right. Because a hater will hate a critic will critique, (laughs) but what is for you? You know, when the people speak, (laughs) when they say what they want, can't nothing stop it. But what did ticket sales do? Right. What did, what did ticket sales looking like? Right. All right. 
Um, so for the next six years, he was, he was writing constantly and rewriting that script to get to a point where he could actually tour with it. So I love that reviews be damned. He didn't give up mm -hmm. on that for the next six years. He was like, how do we make this happen? In 1998, so six years later, he finally hit his stride with I Know I've Been Changed and had a number of other successful plays. Mm -hmm. He was touring, performing for sold out crowds. That momentum was starting to build. And then in 2005, this is when I feel like the the press frenzy started like mm -hmm. mainstream media was starting to be like hold up who who is this new dude on the scene who what's tyler talking about there's some commotion in atlanta we need to figure out what's going on down there forbes reported more than 100 million dollars in ticket sales 30 million dollars in videos of his shows and 20 million dollars in the merch alone 300 live shows he was producing each year at that point and an average of 35,000 people a week okay were here's the thing that you need to understand though 300 live shows a year there's it's only, only 365 days. exactly <laughs> it's, it's only you gonna name all the days in a year it'll be working right it'll be working right he, he said there there are there are days where he does two shows a day that's a lot of work yeah. and you're the writer the yeah. producer you know what i mean directing mm -hmm. um and the 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 crazy i think it, it it really is crazy um admirable but crazy he's never just working on one project no it's always so i've got the play going we've also got the the nickelodeon show going we've got development for this show going i'm writing this show i can't stay mm -hmm. here too long because i'm also gotta i gotta get back to do the first looks at you know at another show so right right it's it is it's wild hustling hustling, hustling. every day i'm hustling hustling, hustling. Uh, so like i was saying he, he was obviously building this, this huge name for himself in the theater space but what i really love about his story is he was using the proceeds from those shows to your point scott about him having all of these balls that he's juggling all mm -hmm. these things in the air all of these different projects um he was using that money to help finance his first movie diary of a mad black woman and what i love about that that fact is he was investing in himself mm -hmm. right you could have made that money and been like who i'm good i'm a coast on these theater proceeds like this is my thing i'm gonna stick to it the fact that he had to finance his first film also tells me he couldn't necessarily find that financing to the extent he needed it mm -hmm. even then even with hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue in, in the theatrical space and on the on the stage um so i love that he was willing to invest in himself in that way so obviously he put the money in for diary of a mad black woman which brings us up to 2005 when access hollywood sat down with tyler just after that film opened in theaters we talked to him about his rise to success and the performance of the film listen to this So let's talk a little bit about your rise to the top, because this is a very grassroots type of uh, rise to the top, mm -hmm. if you will. Yeah. You know, where, you know, where did you do your first play? My first play was done in 1992 in, uh, 92. in 92 in a little theater, 200 seat theater that I thought 1200 people would show up to the 200 people. Really? Uh, no, 30 people showed up that first that first go round, but that's where it started down in Atlanta. And it's just grown and grown every year. It just kept growing and growing and growing until it got to a point where it is now. So what's your actual highest attendance as far as we play some arena we play some arenas where there are 10, 12,000 people in coming to see the show. That's that those are pretty amazing. I feel like a rock star when I'm up there. You got to feel yeah, like a rock yeah, star. Yeah. And they're all roaring. Yeah. Wow. 
So, you know, I know about your, your actually your Meet the Browns, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. uh, which is a character from your plays. Are you planning on doing more with that and seeing that go to the big screen at all? You, you know what? I'm, I'm, they are, I'm working on Medea's family reunion right now, which is the follow-up to this movie. But they are really good people, and I'm, I'm definitely trying to get, get some things going for them. So, sure. Yeah, yeah. Were you really surprised at, at the box office? To be honest with you, I wasn't. I wasn't. Mm -hmm. I, I knew that there was this entire niche of people that hadn't been served right. that wanted to have good quality entertainment because my fan base is not 18 to 25. I don't have a certain de demographic. It mm -hmm. crosses all age groups. And, right. and now it's crossing all races. So because it's a universal story that everybody can relate to. Does Hollywood underestimate, you know, the black audience? I, what I'm hoping right now is that this film changes that. I'm hoping that this film makes everybody pay attention and say, you know what, we're going to give you good stories. Because it was a struggle to get this made. Mm -hmm. And I had gotten to a point where I was just going to do it straight to DVD and not even deal with the studios because I was getting all of these things they wanted me to change that I knew wouldn't work. So, right. so I think now there's, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that there, there's this awakening going on. Yeah. yeah. First, I just want first before we even get to the 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 success that would then be launched from that movie doing well, right? Mm -hmm. The question: Did you have any idea? Yeah, actually. And he was like, "Yeah, yeah," because I've been I've been getting to know this audience. I've been serving this audience now mm -hmm. in theaters. And I'm close to them. I get to see what they react to. I get to see right. what they listen to, what they respond to. And that is what I'm giving them more of, right? Mm -hmm. And if you, even if you ask him that question now, he tells you the same answer. Like, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not surprised because I've done the work, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And these, mm -hmm. the, the, this audience is an audience that wants good content like any other audience. Right. And so if I'm so willing to exactly stand in that it. space, they do their part. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's one thing um, that really stands out is you see very often there, there are men in suits, mm -hmm. generally, generally men in suits. That's what I'll say. I'll leave it at that. No <laughs> like more the necessary. Yes. Um, and they are constantly trying to tell you and, and, and the, I, the, the crazy part is this could be many different groups of people, but constantly trying to tell you how to sell to, how to connect with, how to talk to, who you are, the people that you know, that you've engaged with, you were once that consumer that you are now selling to, but you're going to tell me how to talk to me, how to talk to people who reflect who I am. And I love the complete boss move of saying, you know what, forget it. He said he was about to just walk away from the studios altogether and be like, let's just go straight to DVD so I can give the people what I know they want. Mm -hmm. And it's a testament to, to having the instinct, to having um, the connection to your audience, suits to be and and on the back end, that's when everybody wants to fall in line. That's when everybody wants to get and into that. Exactly. And now and now <laughs> it's like a, a lifetime achievement, this and, mm -hmm. and of course and we, we always knew you would that. And the right. the another great thing I think about anyone who's ever been in the position that has had to bet on themselves is if you can continue to if you can even give those people grace. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. If you can even be be know what you're dealing with, like keep the receipt. Yeah. yeah right, but right, if you right. can still keep kindness as your mm -hmm. um the the thing that you share, right? The the yes. the thing you put out, you still you you win even more. But I think about like 
Taraji P. Henson, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Stepping into a lead role um, and her, her association with Tyler Perry helping solidify her, you know what I mean, in this industry. I think about Carrie Washington, you know what I mean? Um, these faces, these names, these individuals who are household names now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Tyler was like, okay, let me just boop. Yeah. Yeah, which is great. And it was a path to entry, especially when you think about how hard it was and still is uh, to a certain extent for people of color, Black people specifically, mm-hmm. to be cast um, in certain types of roles and just getting that break. Hollywood itself is just so competitive, just getting casted, period. period. Like, I'm just talking about the competition of it all. It's exhausting. So many of these actors grind for years before they get that break. And then they they land the project, they shoot it, and then find out it's shelved for two years <laughs> or three. So it's really, it's a commitment. You, you've got to love it or just really, really want to be famous <laughs> right. to commit to the ups and downs of this. Yeah, otherwise, wow. I don't know who would commit to it. So to to have a space that Tyler himself created where Black artists, Black actors knew I can go here to be seen. I have a consistent path to audition. Mm-hmm. I might not be getting every part left and right, but I know here is where I can find characters that are written specifically for me. And it's not projects that are just coming and going with the wind these these will be seen this could put me on the map and so i feel like um tyler perry sort of became a gatekeeper in a really great way he not even a gatekeeper a king it was maker. Like he cultivated yeah. yes he cultivated a space uh he built a gate maybe <laughs> is the right word where there was a brick wall for Jerry, us before. tell the people what he do he built a gate okay <laughs> And just swung that thing wide open. And it was it was a new path into Hollywood where we had not traditionally had access right. because he was creating these opportunities for people to showcase their talent in a bigger way, in a mainstream way. Yeah. Um, and and to back to that clip uh, for Diary of a Mad Black Woman where he was talking about the film, um, I just want to acknowledge that in the end, mind you, that was his first film. He financed it himself. It went on to win two NAACP Image Awards, five BET Comedy Awards, and it grossed $50.7 million at the box office. So that was just the beginning of it. Medea, that was the first appearance for Medea, but it wasn't the last. There were no. 12 more cameos that that iconic character made in his film. So that was just the beginning. I remember when he announced that uh, Medea was going to there was gonna be a farewell to Medea. I said, "Why would you? Why? <laughs> Where's she going? Why? Where's she? Where's yeah, she, she, going go, she going for a nap, or she going for for a She's long a time vacation?" He said, she "Brother, I'm break. trying to get out of this dress. <laughs> <laughs> it is time." That damn bra. Now, he knows what it feels like for us. Yeah. <laughs> Day, you just trying to get the hell get out, out of that, that bra? Suit. Well, what we know about Medea, she ain't wearing no bra. <laughs> That's your swinging. Just a swinging. <laughs> Oh, just a swinging she ain't wearing new bra but 50 50 million dollars i know like people say i've heard people say sometimes like well 50 million dollars like like what other movies you know that you've got other movies that make 250 million dollars in a weekend and it's like yeah but that's with budgets that cost 200 million dollars to make mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. uh and a studio uh uh and a, um what is it a comic book franchise or comic book studio owns the rights, the the primary rights to all of that, right? Like it's mm-hmm. this is a, a one man, right? One man, one man, one man. Because yeah. y'all got y'all fees it's up front. <laughs> now this is this is for me. 
and what and the cool thing about him again is that what we know is for him he then rolls into other things for other people he's got um right. a school he's got a, a charitable foundation he's got um uh, uh projects he does things that no one ever even knows you know what i mean and in, in ways of trying to pay it forward and, and gifting that um success he's got to other people okay so i want to move along in the vault and uh, move on now to i think 2012 at this point tyler perry is household name he is no longer sleeping in his car. He got mm. multiple properties. Mm. Portfolio, <laughs> all, yeah. okay. All over the world. <laughs> all over the uh, world. And he's pushing movies out left and right. And as we mentioned before, he's self-made. So he's doing this with a very, very small team, usually his left and his right hand. <laughs> uh, and during the junket for this film called Good Deeds, we got the chance to talk to him about his work ethic and how that is the thing that he has developed in such a way, he says he will never be outworked. You may be more talented, you may be better looking, you may have other resources, but what you are never going to do is outwork me. And I added mm. the better looking. He ain't never said that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he talked about his work ethic and how he's able to create project after project so quickly and also efficiently. Here's what he had to say. You know, you've had, it's about, I think about it within a seven year span, you've had uh, films come out consistently. So just in terms of your writing process and then your production process, just how do you, I feel like the films come out, you know, so quickly and, yeah. and that's, that's a really impressive feat to I be see. able to. Well, I, let me tell you why you think it's impressive because in this town, there is, there is a lot of uh, waste, a lot of lack and a lot of time that lags and a lot of hands that are involved in making one film. But when you're one person and you can say, this is what I want to do and this is how I want to do it, you're able to, to churn it pretty quickly and turn it pretty quickly. So I, I think that if you were outside of this town, you would see that it's not that, it's not that impressive. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, but that's part of the the trick is just you don't have too many cooks in the kitchen kind of thing. That is exactly what happens. That's exactly what happens in television. That's exactly what happens in film. When you've got uh, fifty hundred thousand million opinions in your head and on top of you, it's a process that grinds to a halt. Fifty thousand hundred million opinions. If that ain't it, boy. <laughs> Wait. If it, it, it for me, it was the. I can see how you think that. Right. I can see how you think it's impressive. Yeah. But let me tell you but let why me tell it's you. not. <laughs> but it reminded me of uh, uh, Whitney Houston's interview with Diane Sawyer, where she says, I can believe what you feel. I can believe. But do you know? Your feelings are true for who you are and what you feel. And, wh and where you are in your life and what you know. But do you really know? Do you, Diane? And she said, no, you know. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, but it's, 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 uh, if, if, I hope that people who are listening to this don't think that this is just like um, a love on Tyler Perry moment, right? I hope that they are, you are gleaning from the, the stories that we're telling about knowing him and working with him and, and interviewing him in these clips that you are able to pull into your own experience that if there is something that you are waiting on, something you've, some dream you've had or some um, accomplishment you want to go after, if you're some, if you're waiting on something, cut that out mm -hmm. and just get to work right. because you deserve it. You, you can get it. You can have it. You just have to mm -hmm. be willing to work for it and not be convinced by anybody that it's not for you. 
Right. And to add to that, not only be convinced or not only be, you know, unconvinced by people who are naysayers or whatever it is, but I think that interview and what Tyler said is such a prime example of, we have been conditioned to believe that there are certain gatekeepers Mm -hmm. that the only way that I get to my dream or my thing is through this person or this platform or this tried and true path. And very often it is the betting on yourself. It is the screw it. I'll do it myself. Mm -hmm. That gets you somewhere that begging someone for a scrap won't get you, Mm -hmm. you know, you can beat on that door for years and years and years and not get in and then look around the corner and be like, well, hold up. If I just pull this little box and put that on top of this one, I could probably just climb and hop up in that little window right there that ain't nobody else notice except for me. So it really is about opening your mind to the possibilities Mm -hmm. and then believing in oneself enough to say, I can do this. I don't need whoever that person is, whatever that thing is, whatever that job or corporation Mm -hmm. or entity is that says that I I don't deserve to be here because I'm sure you've had those moments, Scott. I have had those moments, so many no's. Sometimes for fun, I'm twist. I have a twisted sense of fun, but I go back to old emails where it was just denials. 2008, 2009, 2010, unanswered. Thanks, no thanks. You're not what we're looking for for all different types yeah. of things. Not or, just or the just the not even the the no response. Just which honestly, I, sometimes I'd rather the no response than a <laughs> couple <laughs> of replies. I got. I said, damn, y'all just gonna tell me to my face. Y'all just going to tell me the truth like that about how you feel about about a sister. I'm just trying to make it out of Ohio, but okay. Thank you for for the thorough feedback. Um, But yeah, I love that. He was like, you know what? Screw it. I'll do it myself. He founded Tyler Perry Studios Mm -hmm. back in 2006. Obviously, it's such a massive um, player in the game at this point. Tyler Perry Studios, it's the largest film production studio in the United States, period. We're talking coast to coast, LA to New York. And it's in Atlanta, Georgia, and it established Tyler as the first African-American to just outright own. 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 Not chairman. Own. Own. I own that thing. Yeah. A major film production studio. And so awesome. the, the stages. So we went to the opening of the, the studios, the new studios, that is actually built on what used to be a Confederate Army base. How timely, even mm. for the taping of this podcast episode to be having this conversation. It was built on what used to be a Confederate army base. And now this black man has turned it into a place where people of every race can Mm -hmm. come and work. But in particular, um, tell the stories of black people in a way that they see themselves, they trust themselves and they know that a black man is at the helm. He took, there was so much, attention to detail the invitation mm-hmm. zuri that showed up mm-hmm. was this satin box mm-hmm. you open the box and it had like a fragrance mm. right like there was a smell that happened you open the box and this video play starts playing and it's just tyler perry in this silk setting what? he says hey oh this is tyler perry hi tyler perry and i just wanted to personally invite you to the opening. And I was like, oh my God. That's oh my amazing. God. I, so I shut the box. What did you say? I was like, hold on. I, I got to set this up somewhere. I can just be opening this <laughs> opening all willy nilly. This man just inviting me to his studio opening. But then we get to Atlanta and it's uh, Will Smith and Jada Pinkett. It's um, Oprah Winfrey. It's um, uh, Beyonce 
Jay-Z, right? It's Diddy, T.I., it's all Cicely Tyson. You know what I mean? Um, these incredible figures and not just culture, but especially black culture, um, all ready to celebrate, you know, the achievement yeah. of this individual. It was, it's mind blowing. And then to, yeah. to, to know that you have this individual as a mentor because mm -hmm. he's invested in you doing well, because he, know, he knows what you wanna, what your aim is and what your potential impact can be. Mm -hmm. It's next level. Mm -hmm. Next level. Yeah. Okay, so in 2019, Access was invited to the grand opening to cover the event, and I'm talking star-studded. Here's a short clip from it. Has this all hit you yet? No, but I'm determined to take it in this very second, this very moment, because my mind is always in a million different places. I'll tell you what's happening right now. I'm looking at all the cars going, why aren't they moving faster? Why can't we get them in? What's happening? So that's my, my the, yeah, so anyway, sorry. Yeah, no, how much of this is... Cars move faster, let's get people in here. Yeah. How much of this is stress for you and how much of this is, wow, sit back and just take it all? No, the stress was, listen, I've done everything I can. There's a lot of stuff I can't control. We did all we could. I prayed all I can. Now it's about having a good time, so no stress. I told him I was bringing my mother as my guest mm -hmm. to the opening and he made sure to create an opportunity, a moment for him and for her mm. uh, at the, the, the ceremony. And it, yeah. it's so crazy because we looked to our right and it was Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton. Oh, You look to your left and it was Denzel and Pauletta. Mm -hmm. You looked right behind them and it was uh, Cicely Tyson. Behind them was another, like, a, like another famous face, famous all around you, right? Yeah, he yeah. zeroes in on my mom and he says, you must be uh, Mrs. Evans. You must be Scott's mom. Oh, and she my said, goodness. oh, my God, <laughs> that is me. Yeah. <laughs> then I don't know what she was thinking, where she went in her head or who she thought what her relationship was to him. She was Wait, like, I think I know what's going on. I remember the story. You, you, you like my son. And Wait, he said, <laughs> He said, what? what? She said, "You. that's right. You like my son. He said, how old are you? Ma'am, if you don't mind me asking. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, he said, I'm the same age as you. And she said, I don't care. You still like my son. <laughs> I was like, mom, he is older Wait, than you. Did your mama just son Tyler Perry? <laughs> <laughs> Quite literally. You like my son. I was like, mm, that was the mom. We got to practice your intros, ma'am. Right, right, right. She said, I didn't know what to that say. That's amazing. I love that he went out of his way to carve out that little moment for her. That's so special. It was really, it was really very cool. Then they had this gospel yeah. brunch the next day. It was a two day event, right? Mm -hmm. It was next. Extravaganza. Extravaganza. <laughs> Next level. I love it. I love it. Tyler Perry ke keeps bringing it up, right. taking it to the next level always. Uh, he's accomplished so much in his career. Back in 2019, uh, just a few days before the opening of that new studio location, he had taken another step forward in his career. This is the big one. This is the one, you know, everyone wants mm -hmm. at some point, receiving his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Uh, listen to what he had to say about that. 
What does this great honor mean to you? I'm trying to take it all in. I, I, you know, anybody who says, oh, it means and I feel and I did it, it. I don't know how you feel all of that at once. So what I'm trying to do is take it all in right now in this moment and just be present here. It'll, it'll sink in soon. I like what you said in your speech that this is for the underdogs. Yeah, for sure. I, and I feel that way. I've always really come in and just and an outsider. So I feel like this moment is for all of us underdogs who wanted a chance, who got an opportunity to come in and just and, and do it our own way. So, yeah, that's what I want it to be about. When you look at your life and all that you've accomplished, what do you consider your greatest accomplishment? Oh, listen, it's, it, he'll be five years old on the 30th. That's my greatest accomplishment in the world, just how he is just such an amazing soul and, and, and just what he's done to help heal me when just me being a father, that's been my greatest accomplishment for sure. Do you hear the energy in how he talks? Like you just, you just feel like you, you'd be like, I gotta get up and do something. I got. Either Tyler had to go, he was like, like the car was about to pull off without him, or he was hype about that star. It's so fun to hear that difference in it because he's so calm and cool right. and collected. But I mean, that Hollywood Walk of Fame star, I guess that'll, you know, that'll get you a little excited. It'll geek you up a little bit. It'll yeah, geek you up a little bit. But I just think about sleeping in your car. Yeah. And it was like a little car. Mm. He like 6'13". <laughs> Big man. Yeah. You know what I mean? About, he, about 6'13", 6'14". Yeah, 6'13", yeah, 6'14". You mm-hmm. know, something, something like that. <laughs> a Geo Metro is not a very big car. Mm. Is that what it was? A Geo Metro? I didn't know that. It's not a very big car. Tight. And so, you know, I mean, he, 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 has, he has talked about how and how much detail he remembers the promise he made to himself. Yeah. They're like, I'm not going to be here long. I'm not mm-hmm. going to stay here. I'm not going to allow this circumstance to be the thing that I stay in. Mm-hmm. It's to then think about, to grace the covers of Forbes, Forbes magazine. You know what I mean? A walk on the, the Hollywood Walk of Fame, the star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. It's like, it's next level. You can, almost yeah. can't, you almost yeah. feel like it's something that he should receive. Like after he's gone, like all this stuff. Because it doesn't make mm. sense to have those two experiences but in I'm one life. But I'm here for it. I'm like, give the flowers while they 100%. are here, you know. And he has he has more than earned that. Yeah. And, and and on top of that, for for all of the accolades that he has deserved and earned and is is given, um, he makes such a priority of giving back, mm-hmm. not just being grateful for his success, but but figuring out how he can do something with it, do good with mm-hmm. it outside of himself. Um, so before we sign off, I just want to share one more additional clip from the vault. This is from the Good Deeds Junket. So listen to what Tyler had to say when Access asked him what good deed he had done recently. And then we wanted, we're asking everyone too, like, because the, the theme is, you know, good deeds. Mm-hmm. So what, what was your last good deed that you, you did? Um, well, th- the most recent, I think, is uh, that, well, I, I try to do something all the time, especially if there's something going on. But I, you know, what do you mean? A little deed or a big deed? Uh, I, a big deed. I mean, that would be fun. I built a house for a 87-year-old woman who had no insurance and was raising seven grandkids. I think that was, that's last Christmas. That's one of the big ones. That one was, of the big they ones. They just dropped the mic with the interview. <laughs> one of the I was ones. waiting for the interviewer's Bloop. response. Um, that's amazing. Bloop. That's awesome. Bloop. 
And I love that we only know that because we went out of our way to ask mm-hmm. it, right? Like when, when people do these sorts of things just for the sake of doing them, it says says even more, in my opinion. When this quarantine COVID-19 COVID situation started uh, back in 2020 in March, right? When the whole world had to stop. I was, right. ta- I was talking to him about the desire of like, what, thinking about, do I make a move? Is this where you get some property somewhere? Is this, he was like, he said, this is, if, if this isn't a lesson to you about dreaming the dream that can withstand all of that, I don't know what is. And he said, you have to remember that this is not just about you, that it, it you be considering it all needs to point back to service. It all needs to point mm-hmm. back to how you help. You know what I mean? How you can mm-hmm. be of service. And I was just like, man, I don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's how he's always thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always. And you were like, but should I buy a house? Right. <laughs> should I move out this apartment or no? Should I move or not? <laughs> 100%. Service. How do you spell right. that? How do you don't know that? <laughs> never been, been there. Do you need a passport? Is that are they letting Americans in to service? I don't know. Listen, I we could honestly go on for days. You know, we didn't even get to the you know the alleged Meghan Markle Prince Harry scenario. Oh, alleged emphasis. You know, a, allegedly. Allegedly, you know, we didn't mm-hmm. even we didn't even get to that. We didn't even get to. Um, you know, the new projects and, and ventures he's launching, you know, with BET plus uh, mm-hmm. partnership there. And, and we didn't even get to some of that stuff. So mm-hmm. I, I think, I think though, the moral of the story is this is a brother that has started this thing on his own with the help of some key players. And he is not slowing down anytime soon. 2021, mm-hmm. you know, you know, if, if he can, if he can do, what is it? I think four shows in a movie right. <laughs> during <laughs> during quarantine. Mm. You know what? Who who yeah, knows what twenty twenty one has for him? Can't wait to watch it. Thanks so much for listening to the Vault by Access Hollywood. I'm Scott Evans, and I'm Zuri Hall. The Vault by Access Hollywood is hosted by Scott Evans and Zuri Hall, produced by Access Hollywood Digital's Jenny Depper and Rebecca Zamer, and Digital Media Management's Grant Rudder, Audrey Povar, and Ryan Middledorf, and Trey Boudet. Join us next week when we open up that vault again for more iconic celebrity interviews and all things entertainment. Rate, subscribe, and share. <laughs>